Today, Mike Fiddle and I are going through week nine, I believe. G time is flying. We're going to have a look at uh, some streaming options, the schedule. We'll go through everything you need to know for the upcoming week of fantasy basketball. This is Fantasy Basketball International. This is Balls Deep. Imagine with all your complexity, perfection, all your imperfection. Welcome to the Balls Deep podcast, part of the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Today's show brought to you, as always, by Fantrax, uh, the number one fantasy sports platform on the planet, the one we use. We've used it for years. We're not changing. We love what they do. We love what they bring. Um, reach out to us. Reach out to them if you do want to set up a league uh, or transfer your league. As I said, Mike and I today, we're going to go through uh, next week having a look at the schedule, uh, who's playing, who's not playing. Mike, thank you for waiting for me. I've, I've, uh, yeah, I've been dragging the chain a bit this morning, um, coming home from a, a bit of a late night at a friend's place. Uh, so slept on a couch, which I haven't done for many years. Although nice I'm feeling, throwback. Yeah, it was. I'm feeling all right, though. Not, not too bad. So I think we... We're so old now that we actually weren't in bed too late. It was it was before midnight, which um, meant I actually I got a decent sleep. So, uh, <laughs> how have you been? It's been a while since we've been on together. I'm doing pretty well. I'm wondering. Uh, yeah, I know. I did the show for us both last week. Did you get a chance to listen to it? Because I did my best Adam King impersonation at the beginning. I did indeed. Very good. Uh, possibly better than than me doing it. So, I'll have to work yeah. on my accent. But I thought I nailed the. Uh, this is Fantasy Basketball International. This is Balls Deep. Yeah, I don't know why I do that. I just thought, I don't know. Hey, I it's, it it's a- your little touch. I do like this. Hello and welcome. Blah, blah, blah. BS on the advantage. So we all yeah. have our, our go-to. We, we do. So you're, yeah, so you've been kind enough to get, you're, you're going to be sharing your screen today just because, as I said, I I stayed on a couch. I got home. I had to help with breakfast. and Not that I, did, I ate breakfast. I didn't really help that much getting it ready but um yeah let's have a look i, I believe it's week nine I'm, I'm so out of the loop i feel like i haven't done a show for for ages um Let let's go through you. you're going to yeah. take the lead a little bit here so so let's sure i just uh, i just shared going. the screen we have the schedule grid up for next week we could see it is week nine i definitely screwed that up last week saying <laughs> it was week 11 but it was december 11th it was actually yeah. week eight that was that was my bad but we are in week nine. It is another one of these weeks, Adam. We keep doing these as those shows that we actually collaborate on. It's another six-day week. It's another six games yeah. because Sunday is going to be Christmas Eve, and there is going to be no games because, of course, the NBA takes a nice center stage on Christmas Day. Uh, we have Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday being the high-volume slates. 11 games Monday, 10 games on Wednesday, and 13 games on Saturday. That means, respectively, 22, 20, and 26 teams are playing on those nights. So you probably will have a full lineup on those days. The lighter slates are four games on Tuesday, 
eight games on Thursday and six games on Friday. So what we really want to do is target teams that play on that Tuesday-Thursday split so that we can start to stack the most games. So the first thing that I noticed, Adam, when I looked at the schedule was that the Memphis Grizzlies have the most advantageous schedule of the week. Not only do they play four games, they give you that nice little Monday-Tuesday back-to-back to start the week and also play on Thursday. So you get the Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, three games in four days, surrounded by a deep Wednesday slate where you should have a full lineup anyways. And then you could go into the Friday, Saturday, streaming for exactly what you need and picking off certain categories. Of course, Sunday is that day off. So you are Mm -hmm. going to want to use your streams early in the week and try and target the categories, look at your matchup, look at your opponent, check the year-long splits, See what you are really good at. See what you what your opponent's really good at. And see what you guys might be fighting over. Is it going to be a points battle? Is it going to be a steals battle? Is it going to be a threes battle? And then we're talking, let's go grab Luke Kennard right now on the Memphis Grizzlies. So I, I, I definitely want to point out that the Grizzlies have the most advantageous schedule. And the Suns have the least and the worst schedule because they play two games this week. Only one of which is on a low volume slate on the Tuesday. So we are foregoing all of our normal Grayson Allens, Eric Gordon's, uh, Uta Wananabis, Nasir Littles, any of that, even if Bradley Beal is hurt, you're probably not going to want to stream into the Phoenix Suns. So that's pretty much my big takeaway and kind of the overview of the whole week. Yeah, and, and Memphis are an interesting team, as you, you just alluded to, Luke Kennard there. Um, Marcus Smart is probably coming back this week. It sounds like they, they've he's done some five-on-five work this weekend. Ja Morant only has one game left on his suspension, I believe. So we could get all three of those guys back. Uh, well, Ja won't be back Monday, but he could be back Tuesday. I wouldn't imagine there's a a period of sort of easing him back in here because he hasn't been injured. So he's also, he hasn't been practicing with the team, but he's been with the team, right? He's been allowed to go to the facility. So he's probably been keeping up his conditioning. He's probably still sitting in all of the team meetings. Uh, He's also just an absolute freak of an athlete. So I have no (laughs) concerns of John Morant picking right back up where he left off. Um, I do think it'll take one or two games to get him full minutes just because they don't want him hmm. to injure something or tear something by going too explosive too quick. A tiny bit of game speed ramping up should be in order. But look, I am, I'm a better and I'm going right to the Memphis Grizzlies. Well, as soon as John Morant is back, he is exactly what this team needs. He is going to create so much space around the floor with his slashing and with his ability to be the primary ball handler. Guys like Desmond Bain are going to maybe not have as much statistical output, but the efficiency is going to increase. And a guy like uh, Luke Kennard is going to get a lot of good looks on this team, especially if guys like Marcus Smart are hurting. Yeah, Kennard was actually a guy that I I preached preseason. Sort of, I think he might have sneaky value to start the season because. I just thought they needed his floor spacing and then obviously he got injured and Smart got injured and so that was a waste of a, a pick. But yeah, coming I'm back, actually, yeah. I'm looking at it right now and I actually don't even know if Kennard's going to be back next week. So in that place, it would be a guy like David Roddy. Like he's playing 32, 20 yeah. minutes each night. He has the ability. He's not, reminds me of Dylan Brooks and the old adage I used to say about Dylan Brooks on the Grizzlies He's got to make up his mind, either shoot less or make more. Just choose one of the two. 
and we'd yep. be okay with it. Uh, it's kind of applying to David Roddy, but at least he's going to take those attempts and he's going to try and shoot and he's going to create space on the floor for the rest of the teammates. If he's still getting 28 minutes a night with John Morant back and the and the pace that this should go and the increased efficiency of all the players around him, big body Roddy could be in store for a nice uh, three-game week at the start of this week nine. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be because obviously when they get these guys back, it's going to be the first time we've seen them healthy this all season because Jar's been out since day one. What do you think their lineup looks like? I think obviously Jar is going to start. Uh, Bain is going to uh, – are they going to start Bain at the three, uh, play Marcus Smart and Jar together? Uh, obviously, Jaron Jackson will start. Who's that fifth starter for them? It's probably Xavier Tillman. I would say if he's the one that's still been starting recently, I think the uh, I'll, I'll check their I'll check their more most recent box score, but they need to play another big next to Jaron Jackson yeah. Jr. It, it not only helps uh, whether that's Santi Aldama, Bismack Biombo, or Xavier Tillman. It might even be Santi because of this floor spacing, but someone else who could allow Jaron to play a little bit away from the hoop and also set some screens. Because they don't, since losing Steven Adams, who's from your neck of the woods, uh, yep. they don't have a guy who could just set a hard screen and create all of the action off that for John Morant and the shooters. So I like yeah. pairing this with another big body. Santi Aldama has been great this season. He's been a, a shining light in what's been a dim Memphis Grizzlies. So look for him. Look for Roddy to get some nice minutes. Look for uh, Tillman. Tillman or Biombo to fit really well with a John Morant. And if he's going to be on the floor, they're going to want one of those bigger body centers. Yeah, I think it'll be – yeah, it might be a little bit matchup dependent. They might have a, a couple options there at center, but I do think that you need someone, as you said, a big body, someone that can set screens, but someone that can also crash the boards because Jaron Jackson yes. doesn't. So no. maybe it is Biombo. He's probably the best rebounder or just, just big body who can get in and crash the boards out of that bunch. Um, but as I said, it might be a little bit matchup dependent if they're up against a team that has size like the the Timberwolves. Um, well, I was going to say all the Cavaliers, but uh, Mobley's out for a while. So they're not going to have him as that second big. Um, then maybe Biombo gets a little bit of extra run, but I think it'll be, yeah, it'll be him. It'll be Tillman. Uh, it'll be Aldama. It'll just be a, a sort of a mishmash of minutes there. Uh, and as you said, with Phoenix, only two games, one of them being on a high-volume day. Eric Gordon, Grayson Allen, we can drop them. Um, Beal, I did uh, – I was at this party that I was at yesterday from sort of the middle of the day, so I didn't see a lot of games last night, but I did see the Beal injury um, on the on the closeout. I, I'm not sure who was closing out, but he, he landed and – Landed he on landed on a Dante DiVincenzo's heel. Okay, DiVincenzo. So yeah. unlucky, right? Yeah. Look, it's yeah. Beal's obviously been annoying with the whole back thing, but but he had looked decent enough since he came back, and, and now you would expect him to miss time. I haven't seen an update. I don't know whether an update has come out overnight on the severity of the injury. Has there been any anything by the Suns? I think it's one of those ankle sprains that it's going to be a matter of time. You need to give it almost 24, 48 hours and see how yep. badly it swells up and how badly it's inflamed and the, the joints and the ligaments are swollen around it to know. But oof, Bradley Beal, I mean, 
I've, it's it's a lot of fluke injuries that are now getting to the point where you might just have to throw their injury prone label on him because I look at other superstars in the league and I it's not a fair comp to go to a guy like LeBron, but LeBron has that ankle turn and he's back the next half because mm. he has such stability in all of his joints. So clearly something's a little bit weaker in Bradley Beal's body, but he is so good at basketball that it pains me to see him not out there. But getting back to this week, I, I would say if it's not the, the Suns, the Spurs make a nice uh, option. And I have Jeremy Sohan available in all of my leagues. Has he been dropped? Is he available in some of your leagues? This is a Tuesday, Thursday, Jeremy Sohan week where I'm like, this might be the sneaky spot to play into it, especially because they're playing Wembenyama at the five. They Mm. seem to be taking Sohan a little bit more off ball and not making him just a de facto point guard experiment. It's going to create less or higher efficiency and lower turnovers. You might not get the five, six assist game nights from Sohan, but you should still float around three or four, some boards, some rebounds, some stocks. I actually think it might be a sneaky time to go after Sohan. He's been dropped in a lot of places. Uh, I see it pull it up right here. He's been dropped in in over a thousand leagues in Yahoo and only added in 320. So point guard eligibility, power forward eligibility, a good schedule this week, still getting the minutes and maybe even put into a better position for himself. This might be the time to actually play into people fading uh, Jeremy Sohan. Yeah, look, he has been dropped. Um, so you're right there. It's, yeah, we're still not, we don't have clarity on that rotation yet in San Antonio. And honestly, we might not get clarity until next season. Um, but Trey Jones was out last night, which uh, that you've got to factor that in somewhere. But as you said, um, Sohan has been playing off the ball. He was decent last night, 11 and 8 with two assists, a steal and a block, 50% from the field. Um, didn't hit a three, but you're not really counting on him for threes. But Malachi Branham has been playing pretty big minutes the last yep, week or two. Definitely the other one. Um, as you said, yeah, Wemby is playing over at the center, which has me- has seen Zach Collins um, move back to the bench. Look, he was okay, sixteen and six. Didn't get not much in the way of peripheral stats, but um, I managed to. I, I snapped him up in one of my leagues. He was just dropped, so I thought, well, look, I'm just going to grab him. I need another center. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know whether they're going, whether they're just experimenting a bit, and and Collins is sort of the almost the loser out of what they're trying to do. But there might be that, like it might be that in a week or two weeks, they they go, okay, we're going to try something else now, and we're going to play Collins bigger minutes off the bench, spend a bit of time at the four, maybe off the bench, because at the moment he's basically just playing backup center minutes um, behind Wemby. So I'm not sure. Like, I'm a, if if you're in a position, I wouldn't mind just grabbing Collins to see what happens this week. But yeah, I do think Sohan is another one, and and possibly Branham. Like you said, he's he's been playing minutes. Uh, Trey Jones, we don't know how long he's out for. Um, and thank God Devin Vassell finally clicked last night because he looked <laughs> had, fantastic last night. Yeah, he again. He I didn't see the stopped. games, um, but he, he's. I just having watched him the last few games, his his efficiency had been down, but the shots were there. He just just wasn't hitting him. So I I knew something was coming, and, and this was the game. So I'm glad it happened. And credit to the Spurs for knowing something was coming with him too. I mean, they still paid him. They gave him a big uh, 
offseason contract. They're giving him a big role on the team. He's one of the few guys that is probably going to stick around in part of the Wembenyama experience moving forward. Going back to Zach Collins, it's hard to know which way they how long the Wemby at center lasts or if they're going to slide him back to power forward. I look to OKC and how well it's been working out for Chet Holmgren to be manning the center minutes and how we might have expected, you know, bigger Jalen Williams to have a nice year or Lou Dort is not getting as much time at a small ball five and you're having Chet just absolutely take over. So that's probably a sign for Wembenyama owners and the Spurs organization to say, let's just keep him at center because he's probably more has more stability and is more durable than a guy like Chet and Chet's held up totally fine. It has been, it's really opened up the rest of the offense. So Spurs are playing better with uh, mm-hmm. Wembenyama at the five. If anyone's a Zach Collins owner, I'm personally a Zach Collins owner. I'm holding for now. Yeah. Uh, I would love to trade him. I would love to sneakily get rid of him to someone who, doesn't realize that he only played 19 minutes last <laughs> night, despite having 16 and six on great efficiency. Sell it while it's high because he might be a, he might be hovering around 22 minutes the rest of the season. That's going to be tough to sustain. It will, and and it's unfortunate because he started the season pretty well. Like he was sort of doing what we oh, thought yeah. he was going to do, and he was playing big minutes. And we were always under the impression that he would play alongside Wemby, and now they've sort of gone this path of Wemby at center and. I have both these guys, so I'm I'm disappointed with my Collins hat on. But if I put my Wembenyama hat on, he's getting big boards. Uh, he had five or six assists last night, I think. Uh, five assists last night, which is just a nice little wrinkle to his game. Um, I mean, the Lakers didn't put up much of a fight by the looks of things. But, um, yeah, look, Wemby's been incredible. I think he's a top 15 player maybe now in eight cat leagues. So, He's probably even exceeding what we thought he might do, uh, as is Chet. You alluded to Chet there. Um, just having a look at the the schedule here, I'm running through it. Um, there are a few teams that have that Tuesday, Thursday back-to-back this week. Yep. Um, the others being Portland, the Pelicans, and there was another one, the Bucks. I think, who I saw. Um, Portland was yeah. the exact next team that I wanted to talk about because we have this guy. <laughs> what's this, what's I don't know if I'm pronouncing it. Tomani, Tomani Kamara. Yep, that sounds about right. I mean, the minutes, shooting twenty shots. I mean, I know he was six for twenty. It's that that efficiency is going to kill you. Three for fourteen the game before, but that kind of usage is hard to leave anyone getting twenty shots up in an NBA game on the waiver wire. So look for Tumani Kamara because, like, it's already going to be silly season starting pretty soon in Portland. So whether that's Tomani Kamara, or there was a there was another one, Reith, uh, yep. Duop Reith, who I was like surprised was getting this these kind of minutes and efficiency. That was more backup center when DeAndre Ayton was struggling or or was out for a bit. Now Ayton seems to be back and playing, uh, and, and Reith went back to the bench. But definitely some sneaky options to get a lot of minutes in Portland. Yeah, there are. Look, I think you can run down basically the whole roster here um Thibel, if you need some defensive stats he, he's very up and down but you can usually get at least a handful of steals and blocks out of him um Kamara as you said he, he's been playing minutes with Jeremy Grant out so he's he's worth taking a flyer on as well Jabari Walker is someone I would be watching if I was in a a deeper league or if you're in a, a standard kind of league and you're 
you can afford to stash someone because I think I think come February, Jabari Walker will probably be playing 30 minutes a night. Um, is, is Jeremy Grant still playing for the Portland Trailblazers in that world? Uh, <laughs> well, he, he might be on the roster. Whether he's injured, I right. don't know. Um, obviously, they paid him a lot of money, so I, I don't trading him might not be straightforward because I don't know who would want to take that contract on. But Jabari Walker's looked really good. Uh, I've picked him up in a deeper league already, and and I'm just sort of he's playing enough that he is giving some value at the moment. Um, Scoot Henderson, he was dropped in a few leagues. He's probably been picked up by now because he's been a lot better the last few games. Um, Anthony Simons was pretty bad that last game, but he's been really good as well. And Duop Reef, uh, as you said, I know him quite well because he's he's Australian. Um, I know I know all the Aussies in the league. He, he yeah, look when when Aiton was out, he he played quite well. Um, he has the ability to stretch the floor, something that Aiton can't do. So it does look like he's secured that backup centre spot. Um, deeper leagues, give him a look. I'm not sure what his role is long term because I don't really see them. Like Jeremy Grant, you could see him potentially being injured, being rested, whatever, trying to be traded. I don't think that'll happen with Aiton. So I don't think Reef has a sort of a clear path to minutes. But, uh, yeah, a lot of value there on the Blazers' uh, roster for sure. There's there's just two other players that I wanted to discuss while we're on here, Adam. And it's the, the injuries that are happening in Cleveland – with yeah. Mobley and Garland being out, and I, I even picked up the guy. Let me let me even get his name right. Craig Porter Jr. Yeah. now going to be playing and starting probably at the point guard for Garland. Uh, it's multi-week expected with a facial mm-hmm. fracture. Uh, expect a nice bump in assists and steals from a guy like Craig Porter Jr. He actually played really well in some games earlier this season when he had the spotlight. If if a guy like Karis Levert is at all floating around, I know he's been off to a great start in leagues this season, so he's probably not available. You want to go try and make a sneaky trade for a Karis Levert? His usage is about to balloon. If you're in a points league, I absolutely love the idea of trying to go get Karis Levert. Uh, and then the other one is Derek Jones Jr. in in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Yep. It is starting to emerge as DJJ is like uh I almost put him in the same category as the Sohan, as the Lou Dort, as uh, maybe like a Royce O'Neal, what what he was, Grayson Allen-like. These guys who could put up two or three threes, 12 to 15 points, five rebounds, and get steals and blocks. Like, they could almost touch any category. And on a given night, someone like Derek Jones Jr., who's playing 35 minutes next to Luka Doncic, we still have Kyrie out of the lineup. We still have Josh Green out of the lineup. Uh the DJJ, I mean, it's it's it seems like old news because we've always hoped that he took off and yeah. it just hasn't. But this year, it's it's finally a great situation for him. Yeah, look, he, he has been playing good. He wasn't great in his last game, but before that, um, before his little injury that he had, which was just a quad thing, uh, he'd been playing well. Lucas seems to like him, seems to like his energy. Um, and I think they Luka need would- his defense too. They do, they do, and and I think Luca will take anyone that can help at the moment. Watching him, the frustration that that you see with him um, at the moment is it's pretty obvious when he's on the floor how annoyed he is with some of his teammates and the and the la- well the perceived lack of calls that he's getting. I, I wouldn't agree that 
he, he thinks he gets fouled every time he goes to the basket. But, uh, yeah, always looking for that <laughs> review. Um, waving the finger. He's the waving the finger all-star. He is. He is. Uh, but, no, look, yeah, Derek Jones, we, we know he has a fantasy-friendly game. As you said, he can hit some threes, get some points, boards, defensive stats. So does a little bit of everything. So he's not out of place on a 12-team roster. In terms of the Cavs, yeah, look, I think we're not sure. Like Craig Porter, let let I I really hope that that he gets big minutes here because he he showed what he can do over about a week span or ten days, whatever it was earlier in the season. But I do think Levert was out possibly during that span as well. So both Levert's sort of the obvious one. You go okay, well with Garland out, Levert's going to play 32, 34 minutes. Um, but it'll be. With Porter, I think it's more of a ooh, let's grab him and just see what his role is because they might start him to keep Levert coming off the bench because I think they like Levert running that second unit um, where I think Craig Porter is probably better with in with Donovan Mitchell and with the starters because there's not as much pressure on him to run the team because, I mean, he's obviously very, very young. He's only 23. He's not that experienced. So to make him the face of that second unit might be a little bit too much for him. So I'd like to take a flyer on him. Um, and yeah, do Mobley's we, out as well. So do we even bother with a Isaac Okoro or a Georges Niang, anything like uh, that? And Niang could be interesting, right? If, if, if Mobley's out and he starts to slide into that four five and floor spacing a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, if you need some threes, maybe you give him a look. Um, I don't think there's – I mean, we've had Mobley out for the last week, so we have got a bit of an idea of with him out, there isn't really a clear pickup. There's no one that's stepping up. Kevin Love in deeper leagues. Um, oh, sorry, he's Miami. Why am I thinking of Kevin Love? I always think of him as Cleveland. Yeah, because they um, stupidly got rid of him last season, gave him away to Miami for free. And then yeah, he'd be perfect to get to the finals <laughs> while the biggest Cavs problem last season was rebounding and shooting threes. And if I was yeah. going to describe Kevin Love in two or three words, it would be rebounding and shooting threes. I really hope we see some Amani Bates. I mean, I, if listen, you're you're from you're from not the states, and I am, and and it's like <laughs> Amani Bates was the biggest talk of high school basketball, almost on like a Zion level for the okay. past few years. Yeah, and it just never panned out. He had to transfer and see in college schools once or twice. He was amazing at his in his last stop in college, and then in summer league. And he has all the tools. He was like way projected to be the number one pick. And then it got, went to his head and the talent just overworked, over proceeded the work ethic. The work ethic was never there. Maybe this is the time when they're dealing with so many injuries, they can get Amani Bates going because he could do everything. That would be really interesting to watch for. Okay. Look, yeah, look a name to watch. Yeah. I, I Not really anyone that had come into my mind. So they, they they're going to need to do something because they're losing – two of their best three players, I, I would argue, probably along with Mitchell are their three best players. Um, and I'm just looking at their box score from their last game where Mobley obviously didn't play. Dean Wade started. We're not grabbing Dean Wade. Uh, George Niang played 22 minutes, 0 of 2 from 3. That That's what you would grab him for, though. If he's playing 20, 22 minutes, he might be able to give you two, three threes. Um 
Levert played 35, so I think that's what we're going to see sort of moving forward. But it's who's going to take those 36 Darius Garland minutes. And yep. if you look down their depth chart and the options that they've got, it's probably Craig Porter. Uh, so I, I would I would certainly take a flyer on him and, and give him two, three games just to see what his role is going to be. Because Garland's going to be out for a month. It's a fractured jaw, so I would I would think that's a month at least. Yeah, I think they said reevaluate in like three weeks, so I think that's perfectly fair to estimate. Yeah, um, yeah, it was. It's annoying. It's an annoying injury. He's been in and out of the lineup a little bit with a few head injuries and and things. And I just got Anthony Simons back in one of my teams, and I'm about to get Marcus Smart back and probably Markel Fultz back. And Garland goes down for a month. So uh, yeah, just can't win in that team. Um, the Cavaliers- any other things? Uh, not particularly. Cavaliers have a decent schedule for the week as well, playing Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. So they do have three games in four days. It is on one of the low volume and two of the high volumes, but you could actually probably even play Craig Porter for those three games and just see what happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I guess Chicago Bulls is another place that I would look because of all the injuries right now. I think Caruso is going to be missing time. So does that mean going back to the Io DeSumnu? Uh, I said Io DeSumnu on the show last week. He proceeded to play 25 minutes and put up zero stats. So uh, <laughs> uh, maybe Jericho Sims in New York, if, if the Mitchell Robinson uh, is going to be continuing missing time, I think that's a pretty even split between Hartenstein and Sims. There's not too much value to be had there. They just added Tom Thibodeau's best friend, Taj Gibson, to the team. So... Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't really know. I, I would stick more towards the guys that we spoke about earlier, or even just going back and prioritizing the schedule and just targeting Grizzlies and guys like that. Yeah, yeah. Look, I think Port, the Portland guys are, yep. are awesome. Yep, Hartenstein. Look, he's worth grabbing. I don't think he he's not going to break out like we hope he might with with Robinson out for a couple of months. The fact that they went and got. Taj Gibson is just depressing, really. Um, it, it, it means that, I mean, I don't think, look, to be fair, I don't think Taj Gibson is going to play much. He, he's more of an emergency in case we get an injury to Hartenstein or Sims. Um, but I don't think Hartenstein is coming out and playing 32 minutes or anything like that. He, he'll get you some boards, maybe some assists from the centre position. Doesn't score a lot, but he, he's pretty efficient. So he's sort of a low-volume um, fairly safe guy to grab in standard leagues, just if you need some center production for the next couple of months. Um, but again, I, if, if you if you did bid on him or, or someone beat you to the punch grabbing him, I wouldn't be sort of losing sleep over it because I don't think no. he's going to blow up and be this sort of 15 and 12 guy who's giving you two blocks or anything It's going like to be that. very matchup dependent. It's also, it's not going to last at least into the playoffs, right? When when you get yeah. bit on a uh, free agent acquisition and you really want to lock it in, it's someone you want for the rest of the season down the playoffs. Mitchell Robinson is going to come back and he's going to be reinserted right into his position because he's a perfect fit next to Randall. So there's a yeah. shelf life to the Hartenstein. There is. And and look, I picked him up in a league. I played him. He was all right. And then I dropped him and picked up Simone Fantecchio from uh, Utah because I just needed some threes uh, and, and some points and free throw. And he went out and went, I think he went five of five from three and seven of seven from the free throw line. So he was 
did exactly what I needed him to do. And I think someone else has grabbed Hartenstein in the meantime, and I'm fine with that. Like I'm I'm not I'm not worried. I'm not sort of thinking, ah, oh, I shouldn't have dropped him. So yeah, I wouldn't worry too much um, with Hartenstein if you didn't get him. So uh, any other names before I let you continue on with your day? Uh I hate to say it, but is it it's it might be worth talking about Taylor Horton Tucker again, just because <laughs> of the Keontae George injuries. Everyone who's is listening to a fantasy basketball streaming podcast 32 minutes in you've been long known about Taylor Horton Tucker and the kind of spice that we've all hoped for to come from him uh it comes in spurts it's very Patrick Williams-esque so this might be a little spurt that's coming again too because they're just down guys and he's he's gonna need to be a, a creator yeah, look, he's not for everyone because he, as you said, he's pretty inconsistent. He has some flaws in his game, but Keontae George is probably going to miss. I mean, his injury is not serious. It doesn't sound like this is a multiple-week injury or anything like that, but he's probably going to miss the next at least two, three games, I would think. Um, Horton Tucker had 23 points in his last game, four steals, and this is what he can do. He can blow up and, and go off for 20 points with eight assists and three steals and a block and uh, hit a couple of threes, but then as if you look down his box score, he had some games where he had six points and and four rebounds, nine points, five like so he he is up and down, but he does have that ability to uh, to chip in across the board. Um, efficiency can be an issue sometimes, but yeah, he, he's definitely worth a look uh, while Keontae George is out. Um, they're just down so many guys, whether it's Keontae yeah. George, John Collins. Uh, I forget who else is injured there. But it, it hasn't been easy for the Jazz this this year. They have talent, but they can't stay on the court. And yeah. I think they're kind of in that middle zone where they don't really care too much if they win games this year. So uh, I don't think they're going to be rushing Keontae George back. So you might get a three or four game run of yeah. THD. Yeah, and Jordan Clarkson's out for a couple of weeks. He's another yeah, one. Yeah, that was another out. one, exactly. Yeah. And he's so, too. Uh, yeah, so look, there, there is some value there. As you said, I don't think they're too worried about wins this season. The next, I mean, I, I'm not a big draft guy or, or college guy, but I know that from listening to other pods and, and having a bit of a look at projected players for, for, for the draft next year, it's not, it's, not a, like, it's not a draft like this year where we had Wemby a clear number one, like so, everyone is chasing right. though that that Wemby. The draft next season looks a little more balanced. So mm-hmm. even if you get the sixth pick or the eighth pick, you're not really worried too much. You, you could still land a really serviceable player, just as much as you could at pick number two or three. So I think the Jazz are probably in that position where they're probably not going to push hard for wins. They're not going to be a bottom three team. I think that's going to be the Wizards, uh, the Pistons, and the Spurs. But they could be... You just need to be bottom four to get that 14%, right? So That's right. That's right. They might be um, that fourth team. And they're also, historically, they're pretty damn good at picking up some draft talent, whether that has gone yeah. all the way back to sniping up Donovan Mitchell at like 13 or 14, uh, getting Keontae George, and then the way he broke out in Summer League, uh, grabbing Walker Kessler, from the Timberwolves before his very first game, taking yeah. Markkanen from the Cavs before he blew up and, and saying that Markkanen could really be kind of th- maybe the two-piece on a, on a really competitive team. So 
even though this is a weaker draft class that everyone says, look for the Jazz to be one of the teams that could probably capitalize the most off of it. They're good at it. Yeah, they are. They've got a good record. They picked up um, Taylor Hendricks in this recent draft. He's looked pretty good. Um, They've got Bryce Sensabaugh as well. So, yeah, look, I think they've got good pieces and and they're they're not going to be too worried if if they're not winning games. So they'll Mm -hmm. be happy to roll these guys out there. Uh, Look, that will do it. I'm going to let you go. Um, I made you wait, so so we'll we'll finish up. And uh, you you could see how angry I was. You were furious. Fuming. (laughs) I could tell. Uh, That will do it for today's show. Remember, you can check out all of our content over at fbibasketball.com. You can follow us on YouTube, follow us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere. Give us a thumbs up. That would be great. Until next time, catch up. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.